that testimony. There's no place we'd rather be. I wonder, maybe we just go to the Lord in prayer this night and as we go to him, how many would have a need that they'd like to bring before the Lord? He's more than able. We want to remember Brother Andrew as he'd be away in the, the youth camp. Brother Ed mentioned Brother Justice. We want to continue to remember him in prayer. And Heavenly Father, Lord, you know our hearts, our thoughts, our needs. You know everything that we come to the service with, every burden of the weeks previous of the days previous, Lord, of the last day, Lord. And Lord, you know just how to meet each need, Lord, in a sovereign way, Lord Jesus. And you speak sometimes from near, sometimes from afar, sometimes you bring someone in, Lord, to minister to us. Sometimes you might make a service just different than we'd expect, but you know how to minister, Lord, service by service, day by day, Lord Jesus, and we want to walk with you. I pray you'd meet the needs, Lord. I think of Brother Andrew as maybe he'd take the pulpit in a little bit longer from now, Lord, in Cloverdale. I pray you'd anoint him, Lord, like never before, Lord Jesus. I pray you'd meet the needs of the people there, Lord. I pray you'd take the youth camp, Brother Steve Brisson, as he would preach. I pray you'd so anoint him, Lord. Give him the hearts of the people, Lord. Let hearts be changed and lives be renewed and young people to make decisions for you and be freed and filled and set on fire, Lord God. Lord, I pray you take this little service tonight, Lord. You know what you'd have in mind. Lord, I just pray you'd move. You'd anoint it, Lord. You'd just give us that something that we'd need to keep pressing on, Lord. I pray you'd touch Brother Ed, Lord. I pray you just heal him, Lord. We appreciate him, Lord. We love him, and we want... I just pray that you'd just touch him, Lord, and you'd bring him all the way back to 100%, Lord. We commit ourselves to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. I wonder if we could just maybe turn to a scripture in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 and we'll just it'll be a quick short start and we're going to do something different as brother Ed says sometimes we're going to do something different but he doesn't quite tell you what's coming next (laughs) brother we'll start at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 and verse 24 let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Without wavering. The next verse, if we can. And consider, let us consider one another to provoke. Sometimes we have to poke and prod and encourage each other. Oh, this is, there's a better way. There's something we can do. Provoke each other unto love and to good works. God bless you. You can have your seats. We'll just Look at one more scripture. Brother Mark, if you could just pull up that one from, from Proverbs 18, verse 21. 
Death and life are in the power of where? In the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Those that speak life, those that reap the fruit of life, those that reap the fruit of speaking life, speaking positively, a positive confession, will reap that. I, how many has appreciated the services, the last two services Brother Ed has taken? I, I've, we've been so blessed by them to talk about that day-to-day battle you have with stress and nerves and how, how we have to recognize how bad that is to dwell in that realm and we have to recognize that enemy and then begin to shake it off of us and, and realize there's another way and then that, the, the service that Brother Ed took as well on a, a true agreement and how we need to begin to redirect our thoughts in the right way and in the right path. If the negative thought's coming, send it back the other way. I'm, I'm, I'm lost, I'm, 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 I'm diseased, I'm, no, I'm healed, I'm free, I'm delivered. Send it, if a negative thought comes against your brother, send it back the other way. No, that's my Christian brother. I know how he loves the Lord. I know, remember the time he did this for me, remember the time. We need to think the right thoughts in the right ways. And we were, myself and Hannah were just in Saskatchewan on Sunday. And, and there was this, just a wonderful service that was taken by a brother from the, the United States. His name is Brother Jonathan Sanger. And for those that went to youth camps a generation or two ago might know him from the youth camps. Um, but he just spoke a wonderful service on the power of positive confession. He's a, I believe I asked Brother Duane after, and this is, we're going to watch that service. About, it's about an hour-long clip from that service tonight. But it, I believe, if I understand right, I asked Brother Duane, I believe he's a nurse practitioner. So just a step or two below a, do- a medical doctor in his day job. And what he brings out and some of the thoughts he brings out about different things on the natural level, the way he brings faith into his own job and the way he just lays out message principles. Just lays out. There's a quote that he read that he, he'll read and I'll just read a part of it. Now healing is not something that you just say, well, yeah, I believe it, I believe it. I believe he reads this. I, I pulled it out from that sermon. But now, that's all right. If that's the best you can do just mentally or just, well, yes, I, I believe it, I accept it. If you accept it on those basis, keep saying it over and over. Say it out loud. Say it over and over. Just keep saying, I'm healed. I'm healed. And then he says, say it until you actually believe it. You can start something by setting out your words in front of you. Say it until you actually believe it. And then when you believe it, then it's going to take place. Don't have a negative testimony. We've talked about the stress of life and recognizing. We talked about getting our mind in the right order. Now there's another part to get our tongue, our mortal flesh, in the right order. Taking it farther. We believe it here. We know it here. Now what do we confess outward? And what sometimes when we struggle with it here and we're not sure, confess it outward anyway. And God can step into that. Don't have a negative testimony. Every time when you confess, well, I still feel bad today, I guess, you go right straight back to the same rut that you was in in the beginning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. By the grace of God. Well, you're lying, John. Well, watch the service and we'll see if we're lying or not. Brother Mark, if you could maybe pull up that, that, that clip. Brother, one more quote that was shared. If, if you want, this is from, Brother Ed had shared this. If you want angels to appear to you, keep your mind on God and off the things of the world. Go about your business, go to your church, go to your washing of dishes, wherever you are. Keep your mind on him all day and all night long. Then God will do something. Dropping down, just keep your mind on him. Keep thinking about him, how lovely he is, how sweet he is, of his promises. 
If you want the Holy Spirit, think on that scripture. And the Holy Spirit will confirm it to you. God bless you. We'll just tune to this. And so uh, we're going to take your Bibles. And I want you to turn to Psalms 19. And it's a familiar scripture. But if I could title this this morning, I would title it, Let the Words of My Mouth or let the words that come out of my mouth be, and then you fill in the blank. But if you'll stand with me, we'll read this, Psalms 19, 14. And it's a very familiar scripture, and it bears memorizing. If you're able to memorize, God gave you a brain, gave you a memory where you have a short term, you have a long term, and those... You hide that word and it'll come back to you when you need it. Just read it with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I want to turn to one other scripture over in James 3. And this one's familiar to everyone And we're going to go to verse 3. And we're going to read down to verse 12. And uh, this is how I make sure I keep everybody with me, but I kind of pause a little bit at key points, and then you fill in the blanks and help me a little bit. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, and they obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven by, of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the is a little and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little kindleth, and the is a, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and every, and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea and is tamed and have been tamed of mankind, but the can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and my brethren, these things ought not so to Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a fig a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. For if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. For wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good without partiality and without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace among them that make. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you as your unworthy servant, Lord. 
for the opportunity to dedicate Wynn today, Lord. Lord, we know a few of these people, but we don't know all of them, Lord, but you know the date they were born or the date they'll lay down their head or be raptured. So I pray each one of us, Lord, would come now and as it were, kneel at your feet, that you'd use my lips and my tongue to speak words that would help us each one along the way, Lord, myself included. Lord, we love you. If there's anything we can do for you throughout the rest of today, help us to be your willing and able agents that we do quickly what you bid us, Lord, and you to be able to turn us quickly and move our tongues and our mouths and our minds to glorify your name and bring people to your saving grace. We love you, Lord. Bless every part of the service now. Thank you for the songs that went up and worship to you. We pray your Holy Spirit would, we know it's already here, Lord, that it'd pull yourself up by each one of us. Put your arm around us and talk to us as a friend. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, we're humans, obviously, and we have tongues. So, I like to involve the kids a little bit. So, anybody tell me two animals in the Bible that spoke, you must have used their tongues. One's in Genesis. Ivan. Donkey? Yep, not in Genesis, but a donkey did. A donkey spoke to Balaam. Or it was Balaam. It was Balaam. Prophet Balaam spoke to him. What was the other animal that spoke? Serpent. Serpent did. Yeah. So we have two animals that spoke in the Bible, and a lot of humans spoke. But words are important. We communicate with words, and we talk to people, and I can raise my voice, or I can lower my voice. We can do all those things because God allowed us to with our tongue. And we want every word that would come out be acceptable in his sight. We want every word that could come out would be positive and wouldn't be negative, but we as humans say negative things. How many ever misinterpreted a text from somebody? That would be every one of us that would text. You'd misinterpret something. There's a story that goes, there was an army general, or an army soldier, a footman, and he was over in, it was World War II, and he was over in, in, the, in Europe, and he, was, he got a letter from his wife, and his, his wife got the letter, and, and, or I mean, I'm sorry, he got a letter from his wife, he got the letter, and he, he couldn't read. He was illiterate. He couldn't read, so he, he went to one of his sergeants to read the letter to him. And uh, so he opened up the letter, and the sergeant started, Hello, honey, how you doing? Hope you're having a great day. And he said, Well, you know, our attitude doesn't seem too right. I'm going to lay it aside for a while. So he laid the letter aside for a while, and he, he waited a little bit, and he waited a couple weeks, and, and then he happened to see a nurse there, and she could read. And he said, Would you mind reading this letter for me? So she picked up, Hello, honey, how are you doing? Well, since she changed her attitude, I'll write her back. <laughs> But that's kind of how we sometimes interpret when people communicate with us and how they talk to us and how they say things to us. They'll say, hello, how you doing? Or we misinterpret a frown or a look. But the words are so important because that's the only way we really have to communicate. We can write. Sure, you can write. You can type. But that can be misinterpreted. But a word spoken to somebody isn't usually misinterpreted. That's why the spoken word is so important to us today. You know, we just don't have it on, on printed form. We have it in, yeah. on, you know, the click of our button, you know. Yes. Amen. 
I'm going different places here, so help me out. But, you know, at home there, we're, we, we bought another house and, and we're remodeling it. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's, it's a labor of love. Love a lot of times for your wife, but it's a labor of love and you're tearing out wallpaper and doing a bunch of stuff. And I, I, I just a little, like a little thing happened to me that was just supernatural. I felt like I sat down and I didn't know the, the man I knew had lived there. He was, he was kind of an older man. And he had some bad habits I knew, and I'd found some things, and so I was just, you know how you are. And Rebecca's one that she'll pray over anything she buys at a used store. That's my wife, and so she'll do nice things like that. And so I sat down there, I said, Lord, I don't know what kind of house this man was, was, but Lord, we want you to take control. So I put it on voice radio, and I just hit start. What do you think Brother Branham said? I take every spirit in here under my control. That was the first words he said when I hit that button, that play button. I I just started weeping, you know, I get real excited. (laughs) I call Rebecca, she goes, I told you we should be playing tapes there 24 seven, you know? (laughs) So I get back there, but you know, the Lord's so kind to us. You know, I got back there and I found this old CD player this man had. And so I thought I'm gonna, you know, I I was looking around a long time for CDs because the Lord is so kind to us, he'll, how many believe the devil's coming in like a flood? Amen. But the Lord's raising up a standard, right? How many listen to CDs for when you listen to the message? Bless you, sister, bless you. Not too many listen to CDs anymore. I had to look a real hard time to find one, so I found one finally, you know, play for a half hour, turn up full volume, walk out of the house, come back, I live a quarter mile away. But I thought, you know what, I'm so blessed now that I don't have to stop and put in another CD. I don't have to flip a record. I don't have to do anything. I pull it out of my pocket. I don't, didn't bring my phone up here. Pulled out of my pocket. Bang, hit that button. And so even though the devil's coming in like that, we got a greater power. We got somebody greater that's, that's here. You know, so Just one other little bit. You know, it's very frustrating if you can't speak and you can't talk. Anybody know anybody that can't talk? Okay, well, my mom right now, she can't talk. She's fully functioning, though. If she came in the service, she'd walk down here and she might sing with us. She would smile. She would shake your hand. But it's been about four years and she hasn't talked. She will not say anything. But I know by her smile, I know when when I walk out, she walks out with me, holds my hand, stands next to me, and she's fully functioning and can eat and drink, but she cannot talk. And it's very frustrating for a person that's had a stroke. They have expressive aphasia. They can't talk. They can't speak. They can't say something like, I love you. I'm praying for you. Appreciate you, brother. God bless you, sister. They can't do those things. So we have that great ability to talk. Amen? Amen. And to speak words to people. And so, and we can speak words to ourselves. And we can talk to the devil. And we can talk to the Lord. So, Brother Nathan, if you... I was, I was, I listened to tapes, a lot of tapes, and so I was listening to a tape, and this, 
struck me what Brother Branham said. I actually heard on the quote of the day. And it struck me what Brother Branham said and how he said this. And then you take it and then you just look at it with me. So now it had been a long time since Elijah had made this prophecy. He'd been to glory long. But he would, he'd have made the prophecy and he knew it was coming to pass. And then Micah knew that Elijah was a man of God. And here was God up in heaven and he kept holding a council up there. How to bring the word of Elijah to pass. But then the next part is what struck me. And if you've got the word of the Lord and will speak the word of the Lord and don't doubt the word of the Lord, God will hold a council meeting to bring... Say it with me. Your word. My word. And I just meditated and meditated on that. God will hold a council meeting to make your word come to pass because it's not your word, it's his word. It's his word. If if it's thus saith the Lord, it's truly thus saith the Lord. So that got me to meditating then on what are the words that are coming out of my mouth? What are the words that I'm saying? Because David, a man after God's own heart, says, let the words of my be acceptable. So what am I speaking to people? We saw there in James, it cursing or blessing. You, what you speak is so important. But God's going to bring our word to pass. And so it's so important what we say to each other, to anybody on the street. So in my line of work, I see patients. I see them all day. I see about 18 people a day, sometimes 20 if I'm lucky, fortunate. We'll see more. So patients come in, and um, I hear them speak all day. I listen to patients' complaints, and I listen to what their problems are and what their symptoms are. And then I make a diagnosis, and I make a prescription, and I make, order tests and pronounce them well or sick. And so I can be around people, and you can too. Within 30 seconds, you can see where they're speaking. And what spirit is really influencing them to speak. And what is really controlling. I did this at camp down there in Ohio. And if I was going to do an object lesson, this would have been it. So go with me. So I had... I love magnets, so I had a magnet, and I put two uh, magnets, and I had a huge board. I painted it white and black, and then in between. And Brother Branham says, we're in this middle part here. And then he says that we're either influenced by the underworld or the above world. Either one of those worlds, so I took these two, a boy and a girl, and I have a little boy, actually Zoe drew me the girl, and I have a magnet on the back. And so, I have the, are you with me? Everybody got a good imagination, right? You girls are with me, you boys are with me. So we got this, this magnet here, so I'm, I'm holding this magnet, and I actually use magnets, you pick up nails. I think of all these crazy things, so you pick up nails, so I have that, I have a boy up there holding the boy, and I have a girl up there holding the girl. Everybody's still there? And so, 
Somebody says a bad word, or you look at something on your phone, what do you think's pulling you? And they'll take their magnet and take it down. Because it's the force of the underworld, those spirits are pulling them down. And then I'll say, somebody, you go to church, and then your magnet will go up. Because if you're magnetized someday, in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to go. You're going to be changed. If you're magnetized. But that magnet is pulling on kids. I feel the pull. So that magnet will pull. So I take a cross there and I do all kinds of things. Rewrite things that I wrote things off the top with just a Sharpie. You can, or not a Sharpie, but a, you know, what is a something from the pull from the above world? The Bible, the message, my mom, my dad. What's pulling from the underworld? And they'd write stuff down there from the underworld that was pulling them. That magnet is pulling each of us, even in here right now. Brother Nathan, so, you know, you sit in church and think about everything else but God. How are you going to do your washing? What you're going to do at the office tomorrow? How are you going to do this or that or the other? Anybody think of that? Don't raise your hand. Okay, this is what I make sure everybody's here. How are you going to do this or that? Keep your mind off of that and think on God. The Bible says if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Wonder if I'll be called in the prayer line. Wonder if God will speak. Don't think that kind of negative thought. Don't let it go through your mind. Make every word Positive. And every thought. Positive. Amen. So I'm seeing patients there, and I'll see all kinds. And I do a lot of well child checks. So they'll bring a mother up, mother will come. We have a template we go through with the teenagers or whoever, you know. And uh, I'm going through the template, and I, I can see there's obviously some problems when the kid's like two years old and they're on their phone. And that's all they're doing. They're on their phone and they're like this. And I know it's, it's not like rocket science. American Pediatric Association has said that stunts your brain growth. Can I prove that to you? So this, this is going off a little bit, but are you with me? So, this, so if I say to you, what's your name? Annika? Annika, if I say to you there's, a, there's an elephant crossing a stream, the stream was muddy, there was a monkey sitting on the back of the, of the, of the elephant, and the monkey had a blue hat on, and the elephant sprayed water on the monkey, and the monkey laughed, and then jumped on a tree and ate a banana. So, did you, did you see all that? Okay. So she has developed a part of her brain called her imagination and visualization. So if I ask you now to go outside that door, there's an umbrella laying out there, there's not. Go get that umbrella that's blue and pink and bring it in here. She can visualize what I'm telling her to go do. But if you look at a phone constantly as a two-year-old or one-year-old, you stunt that area of your brain. And if I said to you, go out there and, you know, that man that has the tie that's holding his boy out there, give him a drink of water, you couldn't visually conceptualize to do that because your brain is stunted. But you'll constantly be seeing these kids. I'll ask them questions. I'll keep asking, I'll ask them tons of questions. So I'm going where my notes aren't here. So I'll ask them, what happens if you smoke? Annika, what happens if you smoke? You eventually die. You got the answer right away. Most people would say, your lungs go bad and then you can't speak and you can become short of breath and you need to carry oxygen. But the answer is, Everybody stops smoking eventually. Yeah. <laughs> These are 12 to 20 year old, eight, 19. 
What happens if you drink alcohol? You go crazy. Your liver goes bad and they want to go down that path. But really, the first answer that you gave for smoking is the correct answer. And that would be you die. Very good. What happens if you use drugs? Marijuana, cocaine, heroin, whatever. I'm asking these to 12, 13-year-old kids and sometimes younger. Okay, what, what happens to you? Your first answer is correct. You 100%. You didn't have to study. So I ask these kids these questions. I ask them another one about sacred trust. What happens if you live promiscuously? Everybody go with me? The boy in Memphis. The disease he had. Tertiary syphilis. And then you. So I'm going through all these things with the kids. And even if I get to the end of the exam and I know there's some real red flags with this three-year-old because they're on their phone or this 10-year-old because the answers they're giving me are too in-depth, I will tell that mother at the end of that visit, you're doing a great job with your kids. Keep up the good work. And you might say, you might look at me and say, John, why are you doing that? Because I want to speak life. Amen. You're doing a great job with your kids. Do I warn them about all those things? Why do you think I'm asking those questions? Interestingly enough, the first question I ask them, Annika, when they come in, when's your mom's birthday? Do you know that answer? Oh, that's your own. Where's her mom? Uh, I can see her back there. So you have homework. <laughs> but that's the first. Then usually the moms will buy in, but... You know, just by my words, because I realize that I can speak life or I can speak death. Do I warn them? Yeah, you're going down a path where you shouldn't have a phone in your child's hand, you know, at that age. And you should be a guard and watching those things and watching where they're going. We give them a license and they got to do so many hours of driving time. But we give them a phone and here it is. Go where you want to go. Okay, so... But I can say you have cancer, or I can say the doctors say you have cancer, but let's believe that you're going to be well. I can say it. It's all in the power of my tongue. I can say you'll have, have eternal life. I have it here. If you want eternal life, I can give it to you. Another thing I do, just is because I think that we, we forget who we are. We are sons and daughters of So another thing I'll do is when they come in, everybody gets heart and lungs. Everybody, I'll listen to everybody's heart, and I'll listen to everybody's lungs. That's something you do. It's like putting on your shoes. Come in, Brother Dwayne, I'd listen to your heart, make sure it's beating regularly, and I'd listen to your lungs and make sure the lungs are clear in all fields. And as I'm listening to you, I am stand up. So I'm saying, and I try to do this with every patient because how many ever ask the question, how would Brother Branham handle this situation? Yeah. yeah. I said, okay, take a deep breath. Okay. And this hand here, I'm saying, Lord, I don't know Dwayne's needs. You know him, but it says, lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. 
So I have 18 people in my prayer line every day that I go. Bless your heart. Because I don't know, you can sit down, I don't know what their needs are, but I know a need meter. I know, who, I, know a, I know a God who can heal suicide. I know a God who can heal depression. I know a God who can raise the dead. I know a God who can take care of AIDS, HIV, cancer. I find it so interesting. If you listen to a tape, I start just doing this. You're listening to the tape and you're getting near the end and Brother Bram's going through the prayer line. I start writing down every disease he's healed, that the Lord heals through him. I am the Lord that healeth some of the diseases. He says, all. A-double-L. So in the Bible, I'm just, I don't want to told you too long. So I'm, I'm, we're in, you know, it says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life lay in the power of the My tongue. I can either speak life or I can speak death. And you say, well, John, that's in your profession. You could, no, it's every day to your children, Amen. to your spouse, yes, sir. grandchildren. You can speak life. Because he says he'll hold a council to bring your words to pass. So there was a guy that was out speaking death to the Israelites one day. Okay, And his brothers were kind of, you know, didn't want him to show up with raisins and bread. Who was he? Goliath. Who was the guy that was not scared and didn't fear? David. So, basically... Goliath trash-talked God in the armies of Israel for how many days? It's a, it's a number that is kind of common in the Bible. Yep, who said it? Yep, you're right. 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights. 40, I don't know if nights, but 40 days. He spoke negative about the children of Israel, said, send me up a guy, who am I, a dog? You bring up somebody that, you know, a boy. And I like what the Bible says on faith and action. I like, I like David. He knew the same of the prophet had poured the oil on his head, come up there to the army that day, and there stood old big Goliath over there making his boasts, and the army of God all backed up in their ideology, a the, theology, I'm sorry, that there were Israelites and circumcised and so forth, but scared to death. Oh, that reminds me of a church today, scared to make a move. He come out and made a boast, but the wrong man heard it for them, a little old scrawny, runty looking boy out like that, a little piece of sheepskin wrapped around him, said, you mean to tell me you cowards will stand there and let that uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? He was ready to put what he had in had to action. Amen. Familiar scripture, you all will know it. It's, uh, I think I got, it's like Hebrews 3.1. He's the high priest of our confession. And he can only act on what we say. So if we sit here and don't say amen, and we say, oh me, (laughs) 
He can only act on what we profess. If you'll put, the next, put that next one up there. This is off Jehovah Jireh. Brother Bram says, confess means to say, we must remember that nothing can be done without faith. And it first has to be confessed. For he is, he is the author of faith. We know that nothing can be done without faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And now he is the high priest of our whatever we say with our tongue. So he can't act on it. He can't bring our word to pass if we don't do what? Speak it. If we don't say it. Look up bumps on a pickle. That's a quote. Brother Bam would say, if we sit here like bumps on a pickle. And uh, our church is like that. I know at home there, we, are, we sit like bumps on a pickle a lot of times. <laughs> we don't say, amen. We don't say, oh me. We don't say, we won't. It's just, he talks about Canadians being starchy, you know, and being kind of reserved. We got you beat. <laughs> Rebecca's smiling because, you know, few of us will say, but we need to be saying, yes. amen. amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. He did that. Yes. That's my Lord. Amen. Brother Ben says, and now he is the high priest of our confession. Now the King James here in the book of Hebrews puts it a profession. To profess and confess is the same thing. Profess and confess. Confess means to say the same thing. By his stripes I am. Now by his life I am. And now then first we've got to confess it. He sets as a mediator and the only mediator between God and man. He sets there to make intercessions upon what we confess he has done. What a solid, Brother Ben says, what a sound, what a solid thing that is. So I, you know, how you'll get in. And if you just start studying the word and you're saying, well, you know, I'm only a girl or I'm only 15. I really can't know everybody. This is access to everybody. So if you look it up, look, just look up something like just say. Just say. So it was astounding to me how many times Brother Branham said just say. So this is off of uh, one here. This is off of uh, there is only one way provided by God for anything. He says, he's talking about a prayer line. Everybody's coming to the prayer line. He says, it kind of makes everybody hurry and excitable, and the Spirit of the Lord don't like that at all. See, let's get quiet. Quiet yourself and just say, Lord, just say, Lord, here I am. I'm here to serve you. I love you, and I know you will grant my request. Something simple. So we know he's the high priest of our confession. This one here, if you type in, say it out loud. So I don't think we should be mumbling <laughs> under our breath or, you know, I know, I know we can, you know, think things and sometimes it's good if you don't say something, if you keep your, you know, lips shut sometimes. But this next one, Brother Nathan, he says, now healing is just, this is off accept God's gift. It's a real short message. Now healing is something you just say. Well, I now I believe it. I believe it. Now that's all right. If that's the best you can do, just mentally or just say, well, I, well, yes. Well, I, I see it. I believe it. I accept it. Then if you accept it on those bases, keep saying it. Just say it once. It might come to pass. He says, say it over and over 
And then he says, say it out loud. Because you know that a lot of times you say, and she said within her heart. But he says, say it over and over. And then he says, say it out loud. So keep saying it over and over and say it out loud. Say it over and over and keep saying, I'm healed. I'm healed. Say it until actually you believe it. And then when you believe it, then it's going to take place. He says, don't never, don't, I'm sorry, don't have a negative testimony. Every time when you confess, well, I, I still feel bad today. I guess I, you go right straight back into the same rut that you was in the beginning. There was not a man or woman here that's been baptized, that's baptized with the Holy Spirit. But what would start your confession? I believe I've lost the Holy Spirit. I believe it's gone from me. He says, keep saying it over and over and say it out loud. Say it over and over and keep saying, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm saved. I have the Holy Ghost. I am a Christian. I am a son of God. I am a believer. I am going to heaven. I'm going in a rapture. It was interesting last week. This is one of my dad again. <laughs> Poor guy. I, I called him last week and our clocks changed there. Did your clocks change here? No, you had to do it yourself. No. <laughs> so we have to change ours back there. I know. I wish we were like Canada in that respect because I hate changing these clocks because I feel terrible that Monday morning after, you know, lose that hour of sleep, but we get it back in the fall. So I call my dad. It's 10 o'clock. My brother Steve's preaching, and dad's going to do Steve's Sunday school. It's really a treat for the kids. He's your age, Brother Menno. So you, have you done Sunday school for your young people? For the teenagers? Do you have a teenage class? I challenge you to give your, give your testimony. Tell them how the Lord lit your fire when you were their age. So he's going to do that. So we're going to record it. You know, I told my one nephew to record it. But anyways, so I called that up. It's 10 o'clock. And Bethany's sitting beside me. Rebecca's not there. She's up here. And Bethany goes, Grandpa, Grandpa aren't here. So I said, I scoot out. And I'm waiting at the door. I goes, hello, Dad. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So what you doing? I'm fixing Mom's hair. And... I said, he said, I'm getting ready to, I said, well, how's your day? I'm doing good, you know. He said, I'm, I'm getting ready to get the car out. I said, do you know it's 10 o'clock? He goes, no, you know, and he was, you know, mock speed to get there. But all that to say this, when I got, I, so I was going to do the kids' Sunday school. I said, I'll do the Sunday school for you, no problem, because Steve was preaching. So I get up there and I ask each one, I said, how many of you changed your clock? And not one of those kids raised their hand. Because you know why? It happened automatically on their phone. And then I said, I, didn't have, I wasn't prepared, so I said, Google for me, changed in the twinkling of an eye. And they looked it up, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52. And if you blink, you're changed. You don't have to change your clock. You get in that other time zone. It happens that quick. If you say, I am a Christian. I am going in a rapture. I will be changed in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. And the church said, say it over and over and say it out loud. Just... It's so important to say it. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, 
the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He can't, this is off of accept God's gift again. He can't do nothing for you until first you confess he's done it. Another one down here, I'm going to skip this one. I'm just going to read my highlight. He can only do as you say because he's the high priest of your confession. So I see Justin sitting back there. I remember Brother Paul's church, they did a, a play one time. And I heard about it because, you know, we have a couple transplants up there. Dave Garrett, Justin, a couple different ones that are attending there. And they did a play one time on a famous man that was blind. And he kept saying it over and over, but he didn't right away. What was his name? John Ryan. Remember that, Justin? And he came back to Brother Branham and said, you know, I thought I was healed. He said, you are. He said, you believe me? He said, I believe you. He said, just keep saying it over and over. Say, I'm healed. I'm healed. Went to the barber, and the guy was some young smart aleck making fun of him. And he said, I'm healed. And I heard you got healed. I heard you can see. He said, I can. I'm healed. And out of that barber chair, he came running down the street, and the guy was chasing him. I remember Justin, he had this thing on, you know, it was a barber's thing on, you know, running down the street. Because he kept saying it over and over and saying it out loud. This is another one off of why. Brother Bam says here, he says, again, just to drive this home, you know, sometimes you need to clinch a nail. And so this is six, Nathan. Sorry. Thank you for putting that up there for me. That's the same thing with divine healing. You don't, you don't see people get all, I see people get all worked up and try to get nervous and saying, oh, if I could just, you know, why you go plumb over the top of it, you leave it behind you. You're going out there excited and trying to reach for something when it's right here by you. Just simply say, just say, thank you, Father. You promised it to me. I now receive it. That's all. Watch what happens. Now mean it in your heart. Just keep saying it and over. Say, if you don't believe it altogether, keep saying it until you do believe it. Just keep saying it over. I thank you, Lord, for my healing. Because what is he? Christ is the high priest of our confession. Is that right? Hebrews 3. All right. He's the high priest of our confession. Then he cannot do one thing for you, can make no intercession until first you confess that he's done it, that, he's, that it's done. Now, is that scriptural? High priest of our confession. Then he can only act when we confess. So if we don't say it over and over, and we don't say it out loud, he can't even act upon it. So, you know, when Brother Manum was lost on Hurricane Mountain, and he was looking for that, you know, that line that was stretched, he knew he had stretched it with a patrolman, and I, I should have, I was showing Brother Menno before we came, you know, when, when Shiloh came to visit Abigail before they were married, you know, he was only going to stay this is not my notes. So he's only going to stay a little bit, but he, he was going to stay four days, and he figured he could get out of town if he didn't like her or the family, and then he got COVID. <laughs> and like 17 days later, and now they're married. But it was kind of funny. Well, he said he wanted to go to Hurricane Mountain, so we did an all-night trip, drove up there, and went up Hurricane Mountain. I should have had a picture there to show you the tower. It's still there. You can still hike it. It's a three-and-a-half-mile hike, and we did it in January. 
But Brother Bram's lost. And he's in the death walk. And what's the death walk? And you keep coming around to something, maybe you've tried to deal with it all your life. And maybe you haven't said it over and over. Maybe you haven't said it out loud, but you keep coming around to it. And he did. He came around, he looked up, and there was the deer again. He thought, well, I'm going to face my... So here's what Brother Branham said. He said, I set my face towards that tower. It was foggy again, but I had to keep a straight direction. And I walked and I walked and it got dark. And right up that mountain over slides and what more. And I knowed I couldn't change my direction. It got dark. Deers jumping up in front of me and animals. And I I didn't pay no attention to them. I was going along and saying, I am trusting in the Lord. I am standing on his word. Don't you love that? So when I'm lost and I'm in that death walk with something maybe I'm battling as a family or as a person, I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm standing on your word. I'm just going to skip down through this. You know, um, it says, let the weak say I am. It doesn't say let the weak say I am. It seems so obvious, you know, is it? but the weak would say, you know what, if, brother, obviously you're weak. No, it says, it says the weak, let the weak say I am. It does say then let the weak say I am strong. I'm going to just go down here. To, I'm going I'm to skip one there because Brother Bram says the same thing. He says, just say it in your heart now. I'm strong. I have accepted Jesus as my healer and never have a negative testimony anymore. Yeah. Go to the next one. I'll just skip to the next one here to save time. Brother Bram's praying here and I love to listen to his prayers because he'll give some real nuggets in there teaching us how to pray. He said, let's bow our heads just a minute. I want everybody with your heads bowed and reverent. I want you to believe it right now. And I want each of you to, to repeat this prayer. As I say it. It's just like, I'll stop a second. It's just like when he'll say, does anybody want to accept the Lord as your Savior? And I never want to be on record that I didn't accept his gift. So wherever I am, again, I'll raise my hand. Even though I'm saved, I want to take every opportunity to give another part of my heart. I've done this before. It's just at this big heart. So you have to go with me with your imagination. This big heart is about this big. It's like a beef heart size. And I go over different things with that heart. And then I start opening the heart. And there's pockets, there's doors on that heart. And you open up the doors of your heart. And the kids are just like, you know what makes the sound lub-dub, lub-dub? the doors in your heart, the valves opening and closing. It's not the beating, it's it's, it's lub-dub, lub-dub, because the valves and the leaflets are closing and then they're opening. So I always want to say, Lord, I want to give you my heart again. And he says, you accept him as your healer. I want to accept him as my healer again. He says, I want each of you to repeat this prayer. And I say it, you repeat it. I'm going to pray, just say it. But you, you pray it to God. Oh God, repeat, af- repeat it after me. Oh God, creator of heavens and earth, I do worship thee. 
Your Bible has said so. The reason I believe it, and now I'm coming to you to believe that you're going to heal me or give me faith that I can accept my healing. And now as your servant, I rebuke the devil that's tormenting me and by Jesus' stripes I am healed. And I'll testify it and I'll give you glory. In Jesus' name, I accept it. Amen. I'm going to skip one here. You know, some people would say, well, sometimes you're, you're lying when you say something that's not true. And that was happened to Brother Branham. How many remember? He had a stomach issue, and he told his mom to fix him, fix him some cornbread and onions and beans. And he went down the street, and they asked him, how you feeling, Brother Branham? He said, I'm, I'm feeling wonderful. And he said, I'd go past him, and I'd have to put my hand over my mouth and swallow it down. And you may say, well, you're, you're, not really, you're not really healed of that cancer. I'm standing on his word. And then later when I testified, you lied then. This is off of believing God. I said, no, never. I wasn't talking about these senses here in the body. They're dead. I reckon Christ alive in me. I said, I was taking what he said and I felt wonderful about it. There you are. Consider not your own body. Consider not this disease, the diseases, for they are of the devil. Right. Consider God's promise. Amen. Go to that next one just to drive this home. Because that, I, I'll be honest, sometimes I do struggle with that. You know, you, my job is to look at your symptoms and tell you you have bronchitis. Your eyes are probably bad. You have diabetes. You're getting blurry vision. You might have diabetic retinopathy. Your nerves are bad because of diabetes or, or high blood pressure or whatever. I'm looking at you. So I have to conquer all that and lay all that aside and look at a promise that I am the healer. I am the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. What is your testimony? What do you do when you're giving a witness? What are, you, what, are, what are you doing when you're testifying? You're saying the same thing. You're saying like if, if you was in court and said, I see a, seen a certain, certain thing, you have to tell it the same way. When I say I am healed, I mean I'm testifying exactly what God said. By his stripes, I was healed. You're not lying. You know, it is so important to, I was just looking for a water. It is so important to have our tongues testify and glorify God yeah. in everything we do. Right. And so, this next quote, before you put it up there, Brother Bannon went down to Dale Hollow with Lyle and Banks Woods, and they were fishing. And he told them what fish, you know, they crossed some rivers and different things. They were, they were fishing. And they caught a little fish, and thank you so much. They caught a little fish, and they threw it out in the lily pads, and it was laying there. But years ago, there was an old sister that was up on a hill that was a Christian. I believe, I mean, you can look it up, it's, she was either Methodist or Lutheran or something like that. She was some denominational Christian. But she used to witness to those boys. And so they're sitting there fishing. 
And Lyle, I believe, pulled the gills out of this one, just threw it over there. You shot your last wad and threw it over there, threw the fish over there. And Brother Brown makes a statement that shows me you can change the whole setup of things by just your words. So if you'll put that one up there, Brother Nathan. Back one more, I believe. Wait, no, you're right. You're I believe you're correct. Yes, you are correct. Sorry. And Mr. Banks-Wood said to Mr. Lyle-Wood, which both of them was brothers, we ought to go over here to some old lady. She's about 90 years old. And said, when we were little Jehovah's Witness boys, we used to go around and she'd give us bread and butter. And remember that old homemade bread? Said, we ought to go tell her that we are saved. That was the right thing. Now this, please try to catch this. It's just the way you say things sometimes that changes the whole setup. Death and life lie in the power of the tongue. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart. It's just the way you say things sometimes that changes the whole setup. They said just the right thing. For just then, the Holy Spirit dropped upon me from the heavens somewhere, and I said, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Brother Benham will go on. If you'll just go back and listen to tapes where he's talking about this. He said, why did God give that little fishy his life? Yeah. Seems insignificant. Mm -hmm. To show that he is interested in the little things. Amen. You know... In our daily life, Brother Benton, this is all, this is one, I don't have it up there, sorry, brothers. So we must be like him and be careful what we do. Do we, What we say, what we do in our daily life, because we are sponsored by Christ. This is awful, let your light so shine before men. How, we, how ought we to walk if we're sponsored by Christ? What ought we to say if we're sponsored by Christ? If someone says evil against us, what must we say if we're sponsored by Christ? We must be like Christ. Isn't that right? So it says, out of the abundance of the... So where's your heart located? Anybody want to be practical? Ivan, where's it located? Left or right? Left side? You hear Brother Bram say, let this drop down under the fifth rib. So I can tell pretty much if you're being pulled from the above world or the underworld by what comes out of your mouth. And I can also tell if your heart is located in the right place. Because there are people that are born with their heart located on the right side. It's called dextrocardia. Their heart is flipped. But we want our heart located on the left side. We want somebody inhabiting there. Because you can pretty well tell where somebody's heart is. With just in a few minutes. I had a patient come in, and there's a girl that works with me, and I tell her, her name's Gabby, and I tell her, I said, you know, Gabby, I said, you're not here by chance. I said, you're here because God wanted you to work with me. 
just say something, you know, because I believe that. You know, how many of you believe that? Yeah. You know, you think wind's here by chance? No. You think you're here by chance? You think you came here by chance? No. So I'm just that simple. So we, she rims the patient, so she rimmed the patient, came out, and she goes, I think maybe I should go in with you on this one. And she'll, you know, the Lord will give you somebody that just to help you like that. So, you know, she'll know if I'm uneasy or uncomfortable, you have to read between the lines, and she'll show up in the room. And so I went in there, and this poor, poor creature, um, within 30 seconds, I would say that he spoke the Lord's name in vain probably 30 times. Just every other word, just, you know, just it was a byword, just bang, bang, bang. I, Lord, you know, I prayed for him. <laughs> Put my hands on him, you know. He did, no, I don't tell people I'm praying for him, okay? Just so you know. You know John in there, he's, you know, no. I am very subtle. <laughs> I'm, take a deep breath. Lord, I don't know what this person, I just very, you know, under my breath, I'm praying. But you know, it's so powerful. I can, you can change the whole setup of the situation. How many believe children here in the womb? Because when John heard the tidings <laughs> of Mary, the salutation to Elizabeth, he leaped and was filled with the Holy Ghost. So yes, they do here in the womb. And that thought was just going back to me. You know, to that man, within just a few minutes of him meeting me, for you girls, it's really obvious. For you boys, maybe not as obvious. Depends on yourself sometimes, boys. But for girls, it's so obvious that Jesus is inside you. By your walk, by your talk, by your hair, by your clean look. That's just obvious. So I got to thinking about Mary. The words that were coming out of her mouth, she said, I'm... You know, she, he said, I'll call him Emmanuel. You know, it wasn't like, I wonder what name we're going to name him. You know, we're going to name him, you know, uh, you know, is he going to be a boy or is he going to be a girl? There was no choice. I mean, she knew. You will have a son. His name will be called Emmanuel, and he'll be God with us. So there was no, like, ultrasound to know if he was going to be a boy or a girl. It was Jesus inside, right? No name choosing. It was Jesus. So it was very obvious to people that she was pregnant, Right? And she got about nine months. She couldn't hide it. You know, she was on the donkey. They were going down there with Joseph to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. Is it as obvious to others that Jesus is inside you? And now I've been meditating on that since Christmas. <laughs> because at work, is it as obvious to everybody that Jesus, and I told my manager that. She might have think I'm crazy or not. I said, Angelica, I said, this is how I feel. I said, this is my goal this year that I'm, it's so I said, you couldn't hide that Mary was pregnant with Jesus. I said, it's my goal this year to make sure my patients cannot deny that, uh, that Jesus is inside me. But out of the abundance of the mouth, my heart should speak. It'll show where it's located. If it's in the world, or if it's in the underworld, or if it's in the above world, what's pulling words out of my mouth? So many in the Bible, you know, the Shunammite woman, her words 
all is well, reflected her attitude, reflected her where she was being pulled from, reflected where her heart was located. And then God brought her words to pass. Because it wasn't her words. It was thus says the Lord. There's so many others, you know. Sister Hattie Wright said the right thing. Just as much as Brother Lyle said the right thing. Changed the whole setup. You know, the, uh, sometimes it's just saying stuff in yourself. Sometimes you may not say it out loud. I believe it's good to say it out loud, but sometimes we may not. This is the Seraphonician Roman. This is the number 12. Brother Bam says here, this, this is all the questions and answers of the Holy Ghost. The Seraphonician woman, Greek, actually is what she was. Well, when Jesus said to her, it's not meat for me to take the children's bread and give it to the dog. She said, that's true, Lord, but the dogs under the table eats the children's crumbs. Yeah. Yeah. He said, for this saying, the devil's left your daughter, say good things then. Yeah. Say something good about somebody. Talk about Jesus. Say something loyal. Say something real. Amen. And then he says something here that's amazing. That's for... for I'm sorry, I missed my... That's the way to get rid of devils. He never said, he never prayed for the girl. He never said one thing about her being healed. He just said, for this saying, for this saying. So you have a, you know, you're worried about your children. You're worried about a neighbor man or anybody. Say good things. That's the way to get rid of devils, Brother Bram said. They'll come to the instruments for me. There's just one last one here that... I believe it's so important what our tongues say. And going back to that scripture in Psalms, it says, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight, my strength and my redeemer. And that's what I want. It's just a little thought, but it brings back, you know, you might have something you're holding in your heart that you don't maybe want to even say. But Brother Bam said in that first quote, he said, God will hold a council to bring your words to pass. So just take that home with you, that God will hold a council in heaven to bring your words to pass. This is the last one, and you're going to repeat it with me. Brother Bam says here, how many believes him now that he's Jesus Christ? It's time to rise on the scene. It's time to believe with all your heart. Do you believe it? How many will accept him now as your healer? Amen. He's crossed the building back and forth, in and out, forward and backward, believing it. Do you believe it with, with all, your, all your, he said, feet, that he says, all your faith you can? Stand to your feet in the name of Jesus Christ and receive your healing. Amen. He said, raise up your hands and repeat after me. And he, it says here, the congregation repeats after Brother Branham. Lord, I believe you're the Son of God. I renounce my unbelief. I accept you as my savior. I accept you as my healer. I accept you as my king. I believe you now, Lord. From henceforth, my testimony shall never be negative. I will praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now raise up your hands and praise him. It's all over. God bless you. Amen.
so good. Hallelujah. Maybe we could just sing that song and let's stay in that atmosphere, but I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious are his thoughts of you and me. Keep those needs, those things that would be on our hearts, keep them on your tongue and on your lips. They're over, they're settled. God is more than able. When he moves among us, all that he does, all of his mercy and all of his love. If the pen of a writer could write every day, even this world could never contain how I have been blessed. I have been blessed. Oh, I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious are His thoughts of you and me. No way I could count them. There's not enough time. So I'll just thank Him for being so kind. God has been good. So Shall I fear? Oh, 
the strength of my life when my enemies draw Just thank Him for being so 